Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Oztoyjan and today I will be discussing the issue of violence against women with two of my guests, Mary Pilgos and Meral Akunju, who are influential women that have worked in civil society for several years to support survivors and raise awareness of the issue island-wide. Dear Mary and Meral, thank you for joining me and welcome to Out Loud. This month we are marking the 16 days of activism to end violence against women and we know that this continues to be one of the most widespread human rights violations with approximately one third of women worldwide affected by it. This seems to have even worsened during the Covid pandemic and with a global increase in the reported cases of violence against women. Meral and Mary Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you began working on gender-based violence issues? Um, Meral, would you like to go first? I'm a clinical psychologist. I spent my time at uh, private and public sectors, and now I'm in civil society. I am one of the founders, and uh, since then I am the chairwoman of CAYAT. This is an association of women to support living. Well, I started to deal with women when I was a child because uh, I, most of the times I observed deprived women. Uh, they were crying and uh, I didn't know why they were crying because there was no violence in my house, but I was observing my friends, my relatives. Then at the time, I didn't know what it is. Thank you, Meryl. And how about you, Mary? I grew up in um, an upper middle class family. I felt I had uh, all my needs were met at the time. I didn't feel that I'm, I'm, uh, something was missing from me. And I, had, and I was educated to become a well-behaved girl and uh, to be a proper wife for a successful man. So this is how I grew up. I didn't like this role, I, I, I resented it, but uh, uh, this is how my parents uh, had me, uh, educated me. And then when I came to the time that I, uh, I, when I finished school, they said, okay, finishing school. And I said, no, I wanted to go and study something that I could get, I could earn money. I don't know, I felt that uh, economic independence was very important right from the beginning. So I decided to go to study something that I could uh, work and do have my own business. Having said that, I was never involved in women's issue for a long time. In around uh, uh, 1975, I think, I was taking French lessons and my teacher said to me, why don't you write something about the women of Cyprus so that we can publish it in a a, a French magazine which was called Femme Mediterranean. So, uh, although I had never written anything before, uh, he encouraged me and I wrote something and this article went to and then it was read by the interna- by the president of the International Alli- the, uh, International Alliance of Women, Irene Lipovsky. She was the mother of the foreign minister of France at the time, and she started writing to me to set up an association. It was through this association that I uh, I came uh, I had to face the, the problems of violence in the family. In eight, 1983, there were nine murders of women, so I proposed to the 
association to do something about violence in, in the society. I'd like to thank you both for telling our audience about your important work. Now, Mary, in your efforts to end violence against women, what has been some of the most effective services necessary to support and protect survivors? First of all, I think the emergency line, hotline, is the most important because a battered woman, a victim, she wants to call for help. So it is very important that we have a telephone line and this a telephone line. And this line was very important at the very beginning when we started dealing with this problem because women at the time did not want to appear in person. So they called and they would talk on the phone for hours, talk and talk and repeat and repeat. And what we did, I, I just left them talk because this is what they wanted to do. Everybody at the time was telling them that it was their fault that they were beaten. So uh, the only thing I had to say to them was it is not your fault. The second, uh, once they started getting to know us, they wanted to come in person. Then at this stage is the psychological part that you had to talk to them and empower them. Empower them to understand what was the problem. Empower them to uh, make the choices. Then it is when they are in danger. Sometimes they were left in the streets. They had nowhere to go, so we had to uh, find a place for them. So a shelter is, an, is another place. And the shelter is a very important uh, the stage because while while they are in the shelter, they are in peace. They nobody is shouting at them. Nobody is beating them. So the, in a peaceful situation, she can recall and she can think and she can make decisions of what she wants to do with her life with the help of the psychologist and the, and the persons in the, uh, in the shelter. So the shelter is a very important thing. From then on, legislation, because when she goes back, she has to face violence again. So we must have restri restrictive orders, I think they call them, mm -hmm. to give them some protection, to um, send the police and talk to the man so that uh, he, uh, he starts being afraid of what he's doing, because up until then, uh, it was quite natural. We're trying to create better families, families where people respect each other. The next step is to try and make them financially independent, to see what, uh, if they live, uh, if they decide to live, uh, what, uh, how they are going to live. And th this is a problem that still exists, and we are still trying to, uh, to solve it. And the other, the final thing, that uh, the another stage, how to keep up with these ladies that leave their homes and they need support and empowerment through the, uh, through, uh, for a couple of years until they can stand on their own feet. So um, these are the most important things. These are some impressive initiatives and I'm glad you shared it with our audience, uh, yeah. Mary. Mera, what do you think are some of the root causes of gender-based violence and what makes it so difficult to eliminate? Yes. Gender violence starts the day that we born. Uh, embryo is boy, then there is a huge celebrations at home. And as the boys and girls uh, are in the family, then the stereotypes come and they, they start, sit properly, be careful with your legs, don't shove your pants, you stay at home and help me at the kitchen. Well, this is another 
violence that starts at home, and then these are roles, social roles that they are put strongly on our behaviors. As they, as we, as boys and girls grow, then dominance, superiority of men come to the picture. And again, at, uh, at schools, at, at my time, we have to clean our classroom. But the girls were cleaning the classroom, not the boys. Now, what I observe every day that my house is next to an elementary school, it is the same. Girls student, come and help me, teachers. Girls student, be careful. You know, don't do this, don't, boys can do everything. These are all gender-based violations. And why do we behave this way? Because our adults are digested all these kind of differences. And uh, considering our, our patriarchal regime, systematic regime, that mothers just uh, groove their kids accordingly, it's, it's very difficult to say, but mothers, females, just transfers all kinds of gender-based differences, uh, inequalities, and violences to their uh, kids. Then, with all this superiority and dominancy, and of course, close family sphere that male is authority, how come a woman can be equal? How come a woman can find him, uh, herself? Yes, there is an acceptance of gender-based uh, violences. And this is, um, of course, again, female uh, stereotypes and social rules and uh, the beliefs. I think it's interesting what you've said, that really and truly women play a role. Big role. In, yeah. Big, of course, uh, we talk about injustice. Maybe you can uh, you will ask uh, how can we get rid of it or the yeah, young how can people? How we eliminate it? That yeah. was what was part of the question. It is it how is very you? difficult to eliminate yeah. because it is not only behavior, it's belief. It's so I think it starts at a very young age as we're growing up within yes, families yes, and, and yes. as women yes. we need to be more aware of those um, issues that you. you, you and uh, Mary, Mary said that most. At this ages of women that they come to me, they said, well, now we started to university. There are a lot of, maybe I can say uh, tens, but maybe hundreds of my uh, patients, I urge them, I force them to go to the university. We are the same in, in society, but physically we are, of course, different. Yeah. And we have to As accept it. As you mentioned it. society, I've got a question for both of you is, what do you think is the role of all of us in society to end violence against women? Mary, would you like to start? Yeah. Well, first of all, we have to understand what is violence. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I find out that uh, people do not really understand that uh, understand violence and they don't recognize all forms of violence. So because for many years the patriarchal system, as Meral said, was there. The patriarchal system used violence to subjugate uh, people and subjugate women. So family, uh, they used family uh, in a very, very intelligent way to subjugate women because they gave men uh, all the power to subjugate the women. Now, 
religion, in our culture, in our history, in our everywhere, everywhere, this patriarchal system uh, incorporates violence. So it is very difficult. We have to start from reform. You have to, we have to reform that all these institutions that encourage violence, we have to reform our education. And actually, for the last two years, I, this is what I'm doing, education. Change the education, change and encourage, empower both uh, boys and girls to respect each, and, uh, and encourage them to respect each other, encourage them to work together. The education system had to change. And we uh, not only to teach, equality, but to practice it at school. So, and, and this is another important issue, that it is it is easy to say, do that and do that. No, but the teachers themselves should practice it and give the good example. So I believe education is the first, uh, uh, is, uh, we have to pay a lot of attention on education. Yeah. Meral Hanem, what would you say? Well, uh, what we do, we, uh, of course, my, uh, my association works on domestic violence and uh, violence against women. And uh, we, uh, at the time, we do trainings through police, yeah. to teachers at schools, to services, doctors, uh, psychologists, and lawyers. And considering these institutions that we go to, especially we work on uh, what is violence, what is domestic violence, what is healthy uh, flirting, especially for the uh, healthy flirting, because uh, we just chose that uh, concept, healthy, uh, because there is humiliation, there is uh, a lot of uh, types. types of verbal and uh, behavioral violences that they don't know that these are all violence, violences. They accept it as given social roles. Mm -hmm. And uh, then before we reach to uh, to kids, to, uh, we, we want to uh, reach to the institutions. And this is now what we do. The schools, the teachers uh, invite us. We go there and we uh, do our trainings. And we believe that we will change the curriculum. It is, it is right there. I, think, I mean, I agree with you. I think everyone has a role to play in society to yes. end violence against mm -hmm. women. And what message would you have for the younger generation working um, to end gender-based violence? Yeah, first, first of all, I want to underline as well the role of uh, training, especially of the, the people that work with, with violence. I remember, uh, in, uh, I think the first time that we started teaching the policemen was in 1989. And the reason uh, we were able to do it because we had a very good chief of police at the time. Mm. So uh, uh, it is very important that you have uh, at the positions of decision-making positions mm -hmm. to meet, to have the people who are sensitive enough to listen to you. So, um, 
training is very important at all levels. I think no. family influence also was part of that, wasn't it? Where you, you know, they'd go to their parents, and their parents said, "No, go back to your husband. Yeah, yeah. You've mm-hmm. got children. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. need to." The reason that they did not talk about it because they didn't have any support. No yeah. support. Uh, family did not support them. Church did not support them. State did not support them. So where would they go? These poor women. So uh, for this is why for years this issue was kept down. Now as to the um, uh, to, uh, to what I would advise uh, the girls. First of all, I would uh, I would advise them to educate themselves. Educate themselves. Get a job. Become independent and uh, and and empower themselves. This is a very important issue. Um, and then and then when they start the relationship, they have to be truthful in their relationship. You, they have to set their li- limits. If something, uh, if there's something, uh, a, a certain behavior is not accepted, they just have to say, and they say, I do not accept. If he cannot, uh, or, uh, or she cannot uh, accept this thing, then she has to pull out. Because uh, 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 sometimes girls feel that maybe they can change. Mm-hmm. I can change them, yes, or they can change. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. uh, this is an illusion. You cannot change anything, and violence gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on. So if they don't want to find them, their, their, uh, themselves in a very difficult situation, then they have to. Uh, pull out uh, the moment they understand that this is happening. Now, the, for a healthy relationship, if they want to have a healthy relationship, they have to have good communication, respect, the, uh, sincerity, honesty, equality, taking decisions together, enjoy spending time time uh, alone without your partner in order to um, deal your own personal needs without feeling guilty about that. Know and your that own they, self-worth, yes, really. And at the same time to allow the other person, the husband, to do the same thing because this being together all the time can be very suffocating sometimes. And also uh, a cooperation in the financial issues. These are very important for a healthy relationship. So uh, we have to explain to the girls and teach them how to reach these goals. Thank you, Mary. And Yes, uh, again, I, I come back to the stereotypes because stereotypes are very, very influential in most of the communities and in our community too. The young people should know what these stereotypes are and they have to learn the gender. They have to accept that male and female are equal. First, they have to believe it is very difficult to change, but they have to force themselves. They have to learn to act everything. Thank you yeah. both. These are some inspiring <laughs> messages and I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.